deep within the confines of a large stone building emit the ominous whispers of your nightmares. The sounds radiate seemingly from every direction, and they reverberate off your walls. At times, they seem like innocent cracks of the building settling, but at other times, the sounds seem to be directly speaking to you. You go searching for answers, but be careful what you wish for. The answer you find may not be the answer you seek. Within the walls of this ancient building, an immemorial terror so fast feasts upon your greatest fears. This is It Records. Welcome back, all you creatures of the night. Thank you for joining us here at the It Records podcast. Um, it is I, Matt Johnson, one of your hosts of the show, and I'm joined as always with the other hosts of the show, Peter Hansen, Lindsay Clark. Insert audience applause. I literally was just going to fucking say that. <laughs> <laughs> Like cheering, like ah, ah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We can add that in. And yeah. Nobody knows we're not in front of a live studio audience. Per- a nice just, touch. just like every episode, we're yeah. in front of a live studio audience. Very unsafe right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fair. Yeah. Um, but guys, since the last time we spoke, I was just kind of curious. Um, before we launch into what we're doing today, uh, what movie mm. we picked, what have you guys been watching? Um, horror or otherwise, what's, what's been on your radar? What's new? Uh, not a whole lot, honestly. I mean, I finally finished BoJack Horseman. Like, I think that's a really good show that people need to watch. And then right before we started recording, I got back into Venture Brothers because, like, Oh it's, yeah, it's like uh, I feel like it's always a show I'm like super far behind on because it's like every two years there's a season and then like it doesn't come into like Hulu until like a year later, so I feel like I haven't watched a show in like three years. Yeah, <laughs> and Doctor Who that's that's all I've been been really watching. <laughs> yeah, I was telling Matt before we started recording that um, all of a sudden I felt drawn back to the real world versus rope rules challenge that airs on MTV. There's like 35 seasons of it now. Um, that's quite a bit. <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, so that's good quarantine material. So I found out that Pluto TV plays, like they have a challenge channel that plays it literally all the time. And my 14 year old self rejoiced. Like I was just so happy that I found that. So I've already seen, you know, the same, they, they only play like, a few certain seasons so i've already seen like one season twice in a week so i mean it's not perfect but you know it's there (laughs) what about you matt (laughs) i've been watching pretty frequently community which is now on netflix but i've seen that show conservatively as i was telling Lindsay, probably like four or five times all the way through i've watched that show it's a good show it's a good show and my girlfriend has never watched it she's seen episodes here and there so it's kind of fun to start, start that show over and watch it with someone for the first time and like see them see these jokes i've watched numerous times <laughs> so it's that's been a fun experience and i think the other show that i've been kind of keeping up on is what we do in the shadows on fx fxx i've been meaning is, to watch that 
Have you seen it at all? Like any of the show? I've seen one episode. I just been like, I just put it off because like, it's a uh, a show that I was gonna watch with Courtney because she seemed to like it. But right now, like what we're watching together is Shit's Creek, which is also on Netflix. It's a very good show. Yeah. And then like, cause uh, we got caught up with The Good Place and. We can't, we can't watch the final season yet because it, like, just aired. It's, like, at a weird in-between phase where we can't stream it. And then like, wh- when you said you're going to go to Community, like, Courtney's been meeting the one and to watch that. So, like, mm-hmm. as soon as we're done with Shit's Creek on Netflix, I think we're going to jump to Community. Nice. It'll be worth it. Yeah, I mean, I like that show a lot, and she I don't think she's... I think she's only seen, like, a handful of episodes. But for the podcast... We watched a horror film, as we always do. Uh, if you picked up on the trend or theme of this podcast, that's what we do. So for this week, we watched the 1980 horror film directed by Dario Argento, Inferno. I do not know what price I shall have to pay for breaking what we alchemists call silentium. The life experiences of our colleagues should warn us not to upset laymen by imposing our knowledge upon them. The book! There are mysterious parts in that book, but the only true mystery is that our very lives are governed by dead people. In the beginning, there were three mothers, the same as there were three fates and three furies. always mistakenly call them by one terrifying name. I'm afraid. I'm afraid to be left alone. my sister. It's as if I were constantly being watched, and at times I think I actually feel a presence. As if someone were in the room with me. Who lives in this damned house? Someone who is waiting. But who? You are being watched.
this was my pick this week. That's uh, true. Inferno. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so had you guys seen it before? or I, I have. I, yeah. I did not. Okay. Had you? No, actually, I hadn't. Um, and that's what I was going to, I guess, get into before we did the plot. So people had some bearings about the movie that it's kind of a thematic sequel, spiritual sequel, whatever, to Suspiria, which we've done on the podcast, an earlier episode, and that's probably the more prominent, or one of the more prominent Dario Argento films is Suspiria, so this is, kind of follows the same storyline of the three mothers that he brought up in Suspiria. So I really wanted to see this, and now I have a subscription to Shudder, and it's on Shudder if you'd like to watch it, so I decided we should do it for the podcast, so it would also be a sequel episode of sorts to Suspiria. And before we kind of go into maybe plot or horror significance, I wanted to get your guys' take on would you consider this sort of a direct sequel to Suspiria, or how, do you, how did you view it in relation to Suspiria? I think it can be standalone. You know, um, it wasn't, I haven't seen Suspiria since the last time we recorded on it, so that's been a, probably a, at least over a year, year and a half. Um, so, I mean, you know, I don't think you need to, you know, watch one to watch the other necessarily. Does it help? Sure. But, yeah, I think you can watch either or and be fine. I feel like that also is, like, really prominent, that kind of, like, spiritual sequel was very prominent in horror movies for a while and i don't know why like uh like george a romero's movies are kind of like that with his like his dead movies and then like john carpenter has like a weird trilogy and i'm sure i think there's another another horror director in there probably that's got like a a sister sequel or whatever you want to call it yeah that's a good point uh yeah so it, thank you for that and just for people who have seen neither of those um, and are not really privy to giallo horror movies essentially what Inferno is about it's an American college student in Rome uh, and then his sister who's in New York they're both music students they start to investigate a series of killings in both locations where they believe their resident addresses are the domain of two covens of witches the main character or the the first protagonist we see rose uh, is reading a book called the three mothers and each mother is said to have a, a dwelling a coven a a house that that home that is where they live or whatever and they basically control the world through these these houses sort of yeah it's kind of how okay yeah i guess like they said new york Mm-hmm. Obviously, it was the most cruel and youngest of the sisters. I remember that. I think Italy was the oldest. I think the other one they said was in Germany. Yeah. I, and the the Germany one is Suspiria, which is Mother Suspiriorium, uh, Mother of Sighs. And so that's the one we see. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. So I, Suspiria... Okay. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so that's... The one in Germany there, I believe they're referencing in Friedberg, where the Ballet Academy was in Suspiria, and we saw Mother Suspiria 
or the mother of size. And so I, be, I don't think in Suspiria, and I could be wrong. Uh, no, I think, I, they, never mind. I take that back immediately. They do mention the three mothers in Suspiria. They do mention that there's these, these three witches, but in the start of this one, there's a book that's called The Three Mothers, uh, and there's really a voiceover narration at the beginning that kind of gives you exposition into that they're mothers, they're sisters, and as Pete was saying, kind of some characteristics of each that we haven't seen before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I haven't seen the third one. I know it took a while for Dario Gento to get the third uh, quasi-sequel to get made. I think it got made in, like, 2007 or some yeah, shit. Yeah, like, 27 years later. I was like, that's really crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's crazy to think, because 77 was Suspiria, and 1980 was Inferno. And I, 20th Century Fox, I, be- I believe had the production rights and like the distribution rights to Inferno and because of the success of Suspiria and wanted to like push this thing out and get a big box office hit and I just feel like it would have made sense to immediately follow up with the trilogy instead of 27 years later coming out with The Mother of Tears yeah that would make a lot of sense just really had to perfect that script you know it's, 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 it's how you know it's really good is when it takes that long so basically like it took us almost as long as the three of us have been alive for him to release the third movie yeah Mm -hmm. to get that third one done which is crazy I don't think he's even directing anymore I, I believe you're right but I also believe I heard that he's coming out with a new one like he hadn't in a while um, and I don't know the name, but I, I recently read that I think he's in the in the works to make a new movie. So it's been in the shadows. There's no way that time. can that can be good. <laughs> yeah, it's. And I say that I say that with as much love for Dario Gento as possible because I'm a fan, and he's just lost the touch. He mm-hmm. he's not a prominent force in horror anymore. He's very old. <laughs> well, we'll see if he still has it, right? Yeah, he's he's got to be up there in age. I, I don't know his exact age, but I mean, this came out in like '77 was Suspiria. He started which, working. Uh, he started forty like, years ago. Once upon a time in the West was like his very early movie he worked on, and it's like that's fucking from the '60s. Yeah. <laughs> well, Pete, you mentioned uh, you're a fan of Dario Argento. We talked about Suspiria. Uh, we can kind of, I guess, get into like horror significance or. The subgenre it falls into. We've mentioned in the past a lot of Dario Gentos are considered giallo films, and we've yeah. done some giallo films. Which didn't are the, didn't consider. Is Suspiria considered one? I, I think I know we talked about it, but I don't remember if it actually is considered one. I don't. Th- I wouldn't consider it giallo. Um, I know it's giallo inspired, but like, go ahead. What are you gonna say? Oh, I just. I was going to say, I don't consider Suspiria as well as this one. Uh, I don't consider it Giallo, even though it it might have the same film techniques or like inspired by Giallo type killings, um, yeah. stylized killings. But I feel like with Giallo, it's it's really almost investigations. Like, who, it's almost a whodunit. There's the black-gloved killer, which there's elements of that here, 
but it's it's not it's a kind of a departure. Um, it's almost like it's just a supernatural horror. It's witch, yeah, like witch horror more than giallo. And in I know the only one that I think straight up giallo film is Torso, one of our early films. That I think is just being you, Matt. Like because I think it was like. Episode. Yeah, I was like, I was going to say, I was, it was really <laughs> early. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I would say uh, Deep Red, which is Dario Argento, which is before Suspiria, is more giallo. Yeah, I agree with that. That's like a, that's a giallo where he witnesses the murder of a woman, like an axe murder of a woman, and then it's like an investigation into who did it. Um, that one's more so like giallo, like torso, than There's a- these two. There's another one that's kind of like that. It's like the bird and the crystal plumage, I think it's called. Yeah, that one's mm-hmm. good. I, that one's mm-hmm. more. It's more grounded. It's not as supernatural as his other movies. Yes, it's funny you mentioned grounded. Uh, yeah, yeah. I say that. I say I say that loosely with Dario Argento. <laughs> <laughs> I'm learning so much right now. <laughs> Well, I also, in, what's it called, in just doing some research on the horror significance of the genre that it falls into, it could have been giallo, as we mentioned, it's not really, but people, I saw, argue it for gothic fantasy, which is kind of the realm of, you know, Frankenstein, where um, it's really about the setting and, uh, like, the duality of the characters, like, there's two sides to everybody and I think this movie does have that because literally the witches are kind of defined by the house they live in like that's their whole thing is they embody this house and they're able to be on this earth because of these houses they're contained in which is like gothic literature or gothic fantasy that's what it's all about and they come the destruction of that force comes tumbling down when the building comes down like in the fall of the house of Usher which is Poe and in, in this movie, spoiler alert, <laughs> like, or Suspiria, when the, when the house catches on fire, that's kind of like the climactic scene. You um, mean Inferno? What did I say? You said Suspiria. Oh, well, I guess it, it works for both, in right. Suspiria and Inferno, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought that was an interesting take as well, where it does have a lot of gothic elements, where the house and the setting of the house as a, as a character... Um, is pretty prevalent. Mm-hmm. Good point. Well, do we dare, dare I say, go into the plot and give some, give some of our listeners a deep dive into? Sure. What <laughs> is the plot of Inferno? <laughs> That's a good fucking question, honestly. Right. <laughs> like I think the easiest part is the part I usually do, which is like act one, which is like the setup. <laughs> and from there, it's kind of your interpretation. Because it starts out with Rose, as I mentioned, she's reading a book called The Three Mothers, and there's exposition from the author, a voiceover narration telling who the sisters are and the mothers. Mother Suspirium, who's in Suspiria, Mother of Darkness, which is the youngest and the most evil, which is our witch in Inferno, we will learn. And then Mother of Tears. And she thinks that she's living in a house that is home to one of these witches. So she goes to the the next door antique owner, the shop that's right next door and happened to have that book. And basically tries to investigate 
if this house really is home to the Mother of Darkness. And she goes down into the cellar, which is what the book tells her to do to find the witch. And it's a really interesting sequence, I thought, um, when she went down into the cellar, where it kind of seems like it's, it's these endless caverns uh, or like places she can go, where I got kind of confused where she even was in the building. And <laughs> yeah. I had no point of reference. And then she ends up going down to this hole in the ground where a leak, a pipe leak is uh, leaking water. And it's like an underwater kind of cavern as well. Yeah, it's like a whole fucking house down there. <laughs> yeah. And she's just like swimming. I'm like, this is not up to code like at all. Like, how, how is it still leaking? <laughs> like, it's clearly flooding several floors. But anyway... Uh, I thought that was a really interesting sequence uh, where she's trying to find, right from the get-go, the Mother of Darkness. And she dropped her keys, and she was trying to retrieve her keys, and we kind of see, it looks like some corpses float up in front of her, and she's freaking out. And we see some hands lurch out, um, kind of trying to grab her. Um, some really old, wrinkled hands. And that's the start of Inferno. Um, that scene was really dreamlike to me. Um, yeah, it was a very yeah. odd. It was very strange. <laughs> yeah, and I think after that to move the plot along, is she's going to write a letter to her brother who is in Rome and tell her about the incident and thinks that she's found one of these three mothers. To which I believe it gets sent to him. We we meet him in Rome. Yeah, T- taking this class, uh, but this this letter is trying to get to him uh, from his sister. Um, but I, I don't think he he doesn't ever receive it. He does. So I don't know if this yeah. is like we're your cutoff point because I don't know. Yeah, go for it. Yes, <laughs> uh, please. Is there a plot? I don't know. <laughs> um, he gets it and he's like trying to read it and like there's like a very attractive student in front of him with like a cat and then she like distracts mm. him so she's very witchy she's got like a little witch vibe going on <laughs> trying to prevent him from uh reading it and then like he like forgets it i feel like he's like i don't know i guess he gets bewitched or something just totally like forgets about the letter and then but his friend who is sitting right next to him like like got the letter and was like gonna like give it back to him but then like she reads it <laughs> for some reason in the cab and then like decides to check out I think she goes to like a super old library I think is what it is and finds the book and like goes into another crazy underground thing in the library and gets attacked by some creature and I can't remember if she loses the letter I don't know I think she still had it actually um, yeah. and then we follow her for a while and then, like, some other dude, like, is like, oh, yeah, I'll hang out with you since you're scared or whatever. And I was like, what's happening? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then she calls the guy. And then, like, the two people die. Like, her. It's just, like, every time there's, like, a new character, like, they die. Because, yeah. <laughs> like, then, like, the brother shows up and he, like, calls the sister. And the sis- that's when we see, like, the sister die. Because we follow we follow her for like another ten minutes, I think, and then he like then he goes to visit her, mm-hmm. and then that's where he meets like that like weird lady, 
the like, neighbor, right? Yeah, I don't even remember what happens to her. I think she <laughs> dies. I don't even remember. I know she had a weird butler, mm-hmm. I think. She's sick. I don't know. She did. She did have the butler, yeah. And she was pretty rich, is what I Yeah. Yeah, she's like a countess or something. Like, was she friends with uh, the guy's sister? Can we reasonably infer that, or...? I would That's assume... I took it. I took okay. it. They, like... They spoke enough that they were good acquaintances. Okay. What do you know? What happened to her? Because I literally can't remember what happened to her. Um. I th- I think not. Like I think she just is forgotten about. Like some things happen in her home. No spoiler alerts yet. That's but. I th- yeah, there's I think a. She's... Yeah, it was like. So what were you gonna say? Oh, I just think she's kind of forgotten about after. Yeah. After the brother shows up and starts investigating. It's like you kind of see her. Like, he starts to check out some stuff that she's like has concerns about the house as well, because mm-hmm. uh, like she talked about it with uh, his sister, and she, he kind of does his own investigation, and then like meets up with her, and then he like gets knocked out. Like this is like actually getting close to like the climax, and then like I remember she sees him from a window. Then I don't remember what happens to her at all after that. <laughs> um. Yeah. She gets like uh, stabbed and killed. Does uh, she? I could. Right I could not that. remember. Yeah. Could not remember uh, that. Because like the the dark figure that keeps like killing everybody like shows up and like chases her around and then. Um, oh wait, is this where he like he like with the window? Is like he like he like brings the window on her head like over and over again? Is that her? I, I thought that was Rose. You. Okay. That, oh, that was his sister. That's right. It was his sister. I think that was his sister. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Then I don't know what happens. There. Like that's <laughs> happened to somebody. Um. But yeah. Uh. And then when the brother Mark gets there, he meets um the wheel the wheelchair the wheelchair bound um Professor Arnold and then his nurse. They're just kind of a little bit weird to me, like right off the bat. Um. But you know otherwise seem a little bit harmless um okay so then after the countess elise um has been killed mark ends up getting away um and he asks that same antique dealer that his sister got the book from um you know like where is she um he ends up being unhelpful but later that night he actually gets killed himself um by a hot dog vendor yeah that was a bizarre scene yeah (laughs) yeah And, like, okay, look, like, he was, like, drowning cats, so I wasn't really, like, on (laughs) his train, you know? Like, like, I felt bad that he died, but, you know, he was, like, that's not okay. Mm -hmm. So. As um, Netflix teaches us, you don't fuck with cats. (laughs) You don't. That's right. I Um, think he was, it was led to believe that that hot dog vendor was bewitched by mother of darkness because he was killing the cats which were somehow connected to uh the mother of darkness yeah because she i think she just has like a shit ton of cats yeah and he's gonna kill them because if you saw and i don't mean to to interject too much but he like looks like he walks on water to stab him did you guys see that yeah didn't didn't even notice (laughs) do you have this in trivia later because i Mm, I don't have to say it fire away okay cool uh apparently which we haven't spoke about Mario uh, Mario Bava, who did a lot of work on this film. That's uh, true. <laughs> uh, 
they they like put plexiglass, I guess, underneath the water just a little bit, so it looked like he was walking on water to kind of give the illusion that he was bewitched, like he was this guy wasn't just a random guy. Okay. He was clearly bewitched in some capacity to go kill this guy. Okay. That's why I look like. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, I guess like like to what you're saying, like it was like more of a Bava film than an Argento movie because I think Bava like was this. I think Argento was like, yeah, fucking go for it. I guess. Yeah. I don't know because I know he. I think he died, like somewhat after that. So I think it was like his kind of his last hurrah. It, it's his. It's the last Bava Argento uh, collaboration. This movie is. Mm. Okay. For those well, who thanks. don't know, ba- oh sorry. Go sorry, ahead. cut Go this out, please. What were you gonna say? I, I was gonna say for people who don't know, Bava is like kind of. Uh, P, you can stop me. It's kind of a like a an icon in giallo or at least Italian horror, like with Black Sunday, which we've done. Yeah, I mean, he definitely is. Okay, yeah, even before Argento. Yeah, I mean, like, he's a huge inspiration for Argento, you could just tell. Like, Mm -hmm. I haven't seen many of Baba films. I think I've only seen, like, three, Mm -hmm. as opposed to whether I've seen, like, ten Argento movies somewhere around there. So it's just, I try, like, I just, like, got, I think I was introduced to Dario Argento first, and was super into that and then like I was like oh who's Mario Bava and then like kind of stumble across him but I feel like his movies are like a little harder to find mm-hmm. they're a little older yeah yeah but Lindsay sorry for interrupting you no uh, that was a nice uh, please continue tangent um <laughs> yes hot dog vendor not in his right mind makes a lot more sense now um so yes um So basically, like, everyone just starts dying um, in the building, so it's not looking too good. Um, Mark figures out that what his sister Rose was referring to in the letter, um, there's, like, this clue, you know, that they keep kind of getting at, um, where they say, like, it's beneath the soles of your shoes, Um, I think it was. So um, it turns out underneath the floorboards, um, there's the secret crawl space, um, so he kind of climbs through that, goes through these hidden passages, and finds who else but Professor Arnold, um, dun, who, dun, dun. <laughs> who through this, uh, you know, very high-tech voice generator, um, reveals that he's Borelli, um, the one who, uh, in the beginning of the movie was narrating, um, the book, and had built these houses for these sisters, um, so he tries to kill Mark, of course, um, but during the fight, he actually ends up choking himself and dies. Um, but before he does that, he warns Mark that he's still being watched. Um, so then Mark soon, learn, soon learns after that that the nurse is uh, Mater Tenebrum. I'm not sure if I'm saying that mm. right, but one of the sisters, um, who then turns into death personified, quite literally. Um, you know, she's about ready to attack him, but, you know, meanwhile... Uh, the whole time a fire has been circulating throughout the building due to a drop candle um and at this point this allows mark to escape from death and she ends up getting caught in the debris which ultimately um brings her to an end and that's where we uh leave with inferno yeah she was just like screaming she's like Don't forget about the opera, gothic opera music that was playing throughout the mo- the movie. <laughs> yes, that, that added a lot of uh, suspense. I was going to ask about that, because uh, Suspiria is really known, I feel like, for its soundtrack that Goblin did. 
Yeah. What did you guys think, if you can recall that soundtrack uh, at all, compared to what they did with Inferno? Which is, Goblin did not do this one. This was yeah. like Kenneth. I'm trying to look for, I had his name written down. But it was like a progressive rock guy that uh, Argento knew. I wasn't as super into it. Like, personally, I prefer, like, when Goblin did his movies. Because Goblin did his movies quite a lot. Like, it was, like, at least... They did Deep Red, too. Yeah, it was at yeah. least, like, another time, I think, too. Mm-hmm. Um, it was... I think it was cool, but it didn't, like, fit the movie for me. It, like, was, like, almost too jarring. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, I feel like... And it was really only used... In that climactic scene where he's yeah. kind of crawling through the building, and for the rest of the the, the other parts of the movie, I f- I feel like the scenes are kind of drawn out, the death scenes are drawn out, which is typical giallo, like long drawn out death scenes. So, and they didn't use the music then, but only at this last part. It was it was jarring. Is a good point for it. It was all of a sudden this like operat- operatic rock ensemble kicks in as he's running through the building. Yeah, so not quite consistent, huh? Yeah. And to that point as well, not so much the music, but Suspiria is really known for its visuals. Like, a lot of, like, filtered shots. It was blues and reds, and it was made made to look like a fairy tale a little bit, uh, or like a fairy tale type story put into a horror context. A lot of that can be seen here in Inferno, and I was also wondering what you guys thought of a lot of the, the style of the movie, uh, if you particularly enjoyed it, or how it kind of compares to Suspiria, if it's in any way the same. I mean, to me, Suspiria is better in every way. It's just, hmm. I, I like, it. I feel like it's really hard to compete with, uh, for Argento especially, like, I feel like, for me, Suspiria is his pinnacle of, like, really good filmmaking and like I mean you could also throw in Deep Red in there too but like I feel like for me I feel like Suspiria is what drew me to him and why I like him a lot and it's like to me spoiler I guess for a little later that Inferno is just like a lesser Suspiria in every way like it just like Mm -hmm. almost feels like a copycat and I wonder if that's because I guess Argento wasn't really involved because like like you said, Bava was, like, more of, like, the director, and, like, Bava styles different. It is, more like, his movies are giallo through and through, I feel like. Like, they're very, like, black gloves, black ski mask kind of murder kind of thing. And, I don't know, I guess maybe the two... I know, I know they work together a lot, but, I don't know, it felt like they were... They mixed together too much where it didn't work, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. That was beautifully said. I have nothing to add, and I agree Oh, really? I, I was just, I was really hoping that made any sense at all. <laughs> I'm with you. No, it, it definitely does, and not to get in Defender Destroy yet for me, but I will say, even though Suspiria uses a lot of the visuals similarly to inferno like it's very colorful dreamlike fairy tale-esque in some regards but there was at least a better a better depiction of a plot in suspiria even though it was kind of you know 
dreamlike in itself, there was a plot, and it was kind of a mystery for our main character, and it led to a climax where I feel like I didn't fully understand, like, Rose, or I think his name was David, the, the brother, uh, why they gave a shit about the three mothers. And, like, and who, like, I don't know, like, why she started searching for it in the first place, and then it kind of was, like, all over just to get to see the witch. Mm-hmm. And I, it just kind of sometimes dragged, um, even though it looked pretty. Uh, I didn't have any connection. It's a shame because, like, all the pieces are there, but it just, like, the execution of it, like, just felt not as good. And I'm, mm-hmm. I, like, can't determine why. Um, and one one thing about the writing, uh, Daria Nicolodia, or Nicolodia, uh, she, I believe it's a she, right? Yes. Um, she co-wrote Suspiria with Dario Argento, and her name mm-hmm. can be seen on the credits. And but I was reading, she re- worked really hard; like he didn't even want to put her name on there. And I guess she came up with the idea for this movie, and he wrote it, kind of with Bava to some extent. And she didn't fight at all to try to get writing credits because of the hell she went through with Suspiria. Mm. So maybe that could be a reasoning where she had more of a influence in the writing of Suspiria with him and kind of, I guess, maybe tone it down or tie it together better. Yeah. Where she was like, I'm not even going to try to put up with you this time. See, this is... These fucking filmmakers, they got to learn. Look with George mm-hmm. Lucas. He had his wife fucking edit his movies early on in the, the original trilogy. And then when he wrote the prequels, fucking everyone hated them. But now they <laughs> like them. Because everyone hates the sequels now, but that's another mm. story. <laughs> Don't be a dick to your female co-workers is the uh, moral of the story. <laughs> I meant to that, brother. <laughs> uh, for Inferno, do we have any sweet trivia? You know mm. it. Yeah. Okay. So, um, let's see. All right, so we've talked a lot about Mario Baba um, being heavily involved. Um, you know, according to um, one of the actresses, like all of almost all of her scenes were directed by Mario Baba, um, and that Dario was like rarely on set uh, through most of the shoot. And uh, I think that was most likely due to him having a serious case of hepatitis throughout filming. Um, He was bedridden for a few days at a point and has said that this movie, um, as a result, is possibly his most challenging and least favorite because he really wasn't able to be present um, during the filming. Um, So I feel like that kind of explains a lot with uh, how this Mm -hmm. movie kind of turned out artistically, you know, and all that. Um, And then, just a small tidbit for you. So despite his absence... um, all of the like black like the murderer's hands in the movie were Dario Argento's. So I appreciate that, especially knowing the background of uh what he was going through. Interesting. That's it. That's all the trivia I got. <laughs> uh 
I had a, an interesting uh, note that I read, and it, it just really because it, it brings brings it back to the podcast was the original choice for the lead role, who was the brother, it was going to be James Wood, hey. uh, but uh, he turned it down because he was, he had agreed to do Videodrome, which was our first blog on this podcast, and written by Pete, so bringing a full circle. Wait, did I I wrote that one? Yeah, you wrote a video drum podcast. Well, it was you used it as like a case study, I think, for something about like uh, digital movies and oh yeah, when, when movies went digital instead of uh, using film. I like vaguely remember that was a that was a long time that was a long time ago. That was years ago, yeah. <laughs> Do we know anything about? How this fared via box office or reception? Um, I have a feeling that it didn't really uh, have much of a chance. I I agree with that statement. <laughs> I I didn't really find exact numbers for how much it made. I know it was a three million dollar budget in American dollars, and I just know it wasn't really a box office success. So it didn't really have any... The Suspiria hangover didn't really help it at all. American audiences didn't really seem taken by it. And I, I think there was something with 20th Century Fox stopped distributing it. They had all the rights and they could have gone like national with it and decided not to. Like really kind of held off. I think based on maybe early reception uh, internationally. Um, That's so that when we were... We are really starting to pump out slashers I feel like at that point. So like... I feel yeah. like anything that was, like, international just got drowned out because, like, you know, Halloween was already out, Black Christmas, Texas Chainsaw, and then, like, and Friday, Friday the 13th, then, and, and you had, like, 10,000 copies after that. <laughs> that's yeah. that's a good point, yeah. It probably wasn't what people were interested in. Like we talked about with Slither last time, where if it was made today, it probably would have made more of a success than in 2006 or five when it came out. Yeah, mm-hmm. when, like... Torture porn <laughs> was when is it day? Exactly, the hostels and the saws and all those movies. Yeah, and I just I know critically, I think it was kind of initially uh, not received well. I don't think people thought it. They really compared it immediately to Suspiria, which is rightfully so. It's supposed to be like yeah. a sequel, <laughs> and it, they thought they thought it wasn't that good, and like talked about how there was plot holes or there was really no plot um, it was kind of like a scattered mess of like visuals but I think since then it's really picked up like a cult following more so people who are getting into Argento and Definitely. that's why it, it's like higher on Rotten Tomatoes because people who like that style and they aren't so connected to the times of like it being his next follow up as Asperia can be like it's still good on it's own like it's it's fun. it's not the worst thing ever made so I think it's gotten better over the years or reception has gotten better alright do we have any other trivia points or talking points before we go into Defender Destroy uh, I don't think so yeah. oh alright does anybody want to volunteer to go first Sure. Unless you wanted to go first, Lindsay. You look like no, I saw you. I saw you. <laughs> um, 
as I kind of alluded to earlier, I wasn't as crazy about this movie. I almost said opera, which is a different Argento movie. It's just a movie I actually really like by him. But this is Inferno. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I just said it's like a lesser Suspiria in every way. Like it's got cool qualities in my my personal like uh, like. I just can't get past that it just feels like a copy, my own biases. Um, and it's just like, the music is not as cool, the visuals aren't as cool. Um, and that's really like the bread and butter of like Agento movies. Um, and like, it, I think also what hurts my, like my first Argento movie was Suspiria, which I, like I said, is like his best. So, like, everything after that was just, like, a lesser movie, which kind of sucked. Uh, but, like, I had I did find others that I enjoyed, luckily, but this isn't one of them. Uh, it's okay, but okay is not good enough, so I think I'm going to destroy it. Lindsay, would you like to go, or do you want me to go first? Yeah. No, I can, yeah. On the heels of that, um, you know, I, I agree that I think, like, with most sequels... Um, you know, its predecessor was superior by a long shot. Um, I found that the beginning was really intriguing and really chilling. I was really, like, into it and wanting to see where it went next, and I thought the end was pretty well done, too. Um, but everything in between kind of fell a bit flat for me. I would have been interested to see how this would have turned out if Argento hadn't been sick during filming and had been able to be more hands-on. Um so that being said, I would destroy it um, just because it didn't make the lasting impression on me like Suspiria did. Um, I do appreciate that it continues the story of what will would ultimately be Argento's Three Mothers trilogy. Um, and again, I think you can watch these two. Um, you know, you don't have to see Suspiria to watch this one. Um, and I haven't seen the third one, so I can't speak on that. But um you know, from what I've seen so far, Suspiria is the one to see if you're only going to watch one. So, it's a solid destroy. Alright. Um, so me. Sorry, I was looking at some notes that I wrote down earlier on my phone. Um, so, I really like Giallo movies. I really like Suspiria a lot, so that's why I wanted to do another Three Mothers, a part of that trilogy. Uh, so, for me... I'll, I'll start with what I what I enjoyed about the movie and what I like about the series is like he he takes on the supernatural and it's almost like a fever dream of what a witch movie would be like so I really like the idea that he makes it the building is part of the character like the building is ominous in and of itself it like encompasses evil so it could be lurking around every corner it might not be a person it's like a spirit or you don't really know and I love that that he, he was in Suspiria, and it has it in this movie as well. Um, I but I will say, I think Suspiria did a better job of weaving together an entire plot, where the I was following the character the whole time. I didn't really feel connected to Dave or why they were doing this in the first place. So as Lindsay said, the beginning hooked me. The ending was pretty pretty revealing as well. But it, there was kind of a lull in the middle there for a while, and it was yeah. Uh, hour and 40 minute movie that I it was visually striking but it, it could have been a little tighter um, and it kind of lost my attention uh, but I, I do I love like that climax where you know you finally see the mother of darkness but it's the, the nurse 
But is it the nurse? Is, it, or he, is she just displaying herself to, uh, to Dave as the nurse because that's what he can relate to? And they're literally in a room of smoke and mirrors. Um, so that's a metaphor right there for like, <laughs> are, is this even real? Am I even in here? And like, from anything we've watched, uh, evil doesn't just leave that easily. Like the fire burns down the house and she's gone. I'm sure the mother of darkness is still out there. Like, it was way too easy. Um, and so I enjoyed that aspect that he really brings to these supernatural witch films. But this one didn't really cut it. I thought it was, there was way too much downtime that kind of had me bored uh, through parts of it. Even <laughs> though visu- visually striking. Um, so I, I destroy Inferno. I honestly didn't expect it. I thought you were going to have a soft spot for it. I think it's good. I think it's, like, again... It's not the worst thing in the world, but we have to defend or destroy. And it's I true. think we have to do it. And I, I just would destroy. I think it was, I, as, as Lindsay said, maybe if he was fully there or he let Daria write more or Baba wasn't so much of an influence, it just kind of seemed like a mess. Like they all didn't really go full heart, full heartedly into it. And maybe too many, that would have made too it many cooks, too many cooks in the kitchen. Too many cooks well, in the sad. kitchen. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so that's probably what, what hurt it. Um, yeah, but with that, we have a full-on destroy of Inferno. But I think last week we did a full-on defend of Slither, right? We all defended Slither. I did, I did defend right, Slither. Yeah. I loved <laughs> that movie. Didn't expect to. Pleasant surprise. Yeah. So, but this week, crushed. Uh, <laughs> Inferno <laughs> uh, is destroyed. But if you want to watch it, I know it's on Shudder. Uh, I'm sure you can find it online somewhere as well. It's on can. Amazon Prime as well is how I watched it. Okay, so it's on Amazon Prime if you want to watch it there uh, as well. Until next time, uh, we are on YouTube. We are on uh, SoundCloud to listen to us as well as uh, iTunes. You can listen to us there or get us on Facebook, Twitter, and our website. We'd love to hear what you guys are thinking about. Any mini episodes or movies you'd like us to discuss, we'd love to hear from you. Or any blogs you'd love us to write because we are writers as well as speakers on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, until next time, I am Matt Johnson, and I will remain in the shadows. <laughs>